and welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is The Wolf of Wall Street, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Margot Robbie. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing? I am doing pretty good. You ever have a, a day where you have a bunch of plans and all of that is like just kind of completely changed and you're sort of okay <laughs> with it, you know? I had like yeah, a normal definitely. work Monday laid out and then uh, I had to help Juliana with something and so my plans got flipped around and it was weird because like everybody was okay with everything being rescheduled, you know? They're like, oh, it's fine, you know? Um, <laughs> so I was just kind of confused because like that today was like a lot easier than I expected, you know? How about you? Uh, yeah, kind of me too. I had a uh, weird situation. I had like an an afternoon depot, which was fine. You mm. know, I was like, ah, oh, don't have to wake up super early. I can, you know, blah, blah, blah. But um, because of that, it was just, it was really, yeah, it was a strange situation. Like we weren't there for that long. Um, luckily it wasn't too far away from me, but I was, yeah, it was just a little bit unusual. Um, but I, I do not mind a, uh, a later start, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's, that's fine with me. I don't know. I don't know how people still like, I just, I don't understand the morning thing. Like my body is like against waking up in the morning. Um, Yeah, I agree. So I don't know. I, I just don't get it. I actually think that people would work better if you don't talk to anyone till afternoon. I like kind of believe that. <laughs> um, like, me, if, I think I think me and you would, but that's because we're night people more more than morning people. I think I think there are people who are definitely morning people. You know what I mean? Well, what I'm saying, like is, Kiana is a is a morning person. What I'm saying is, is like maybe we can all agree that mornings shouldn't be devoid of work, but we'll save the work where you have to talk to people to a lot later. You know, right, right, right. Um, because I like to start my mornings pretty slow, get good gear on like what am I doing? You know, where are we going with all this? How do I need to prepare and get, uh, you know, be effective today? I don't really want to sit around and like let's have a meeting first thing in the morning. Yeah, like I, for I sure. we have this Friday meeting at my job. It's like eight a.m. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know how people are in the office at that time either. Yeah. I call in because I'm like I'm not I'm not commuting an hour to get there. You know, um, I know that's very some some people <laughs> like my dad's age range would scoff at that, but I just no, I'm not. I was like I was like guys. You don't pay me enough to do that. So <laughs> occasionally I'll make an appearance, it. but it's a Zoom call and I'm usually completely groggy. I look like I've just I went through like the worst Wolf of Wall Street party before showing up <laughs> to this meeting, you know? Sure. sure. And uh, and they always make fun of me. They always ask me like what what's been going on with my week as if I'm supposed to know how to answer that when I'm like barely functioning, you know? <laughs> uh, and then what's even worse is that everyone else answers the question with like it was good. Okay, how about the next person? How was your week? It was good. I'm like, "Why do we what are we doing here, guys? Like what is this meeting? What's the point of this, you know?" Sure, um, sure. I'm like half asleep trying to explain what I did all week. And then the next guy's like, my week was good. That's it. There's nothing else. I'm like, 
All right. You know, if it was 8 a.m. is that's that's aggressive for a Friday. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. No, <laughs> they're really they're really sucking the life out of Friday. They're uh, just they, trying to keep you accountable, I guess. I guess yeah. so. I, I like I would get it. Like I would understand. You know, Monday, Tuesday, like a meeting like that. But Friday, yeah. Don't yeah, know what's up. Tough. Don't know what's up with that. Anyways, we should probably talk about movies and other things we've been watching. It's <laughs> like complaining about work. Sure. Um, have you been um, watching anything recently? You know, I haven't really. Um, yeah, I've. I feel like I don't know what happened to my week, but it is. It has passed me by, and now we're here again. I. I haven't watched any movies or anything. Uh, do I? I haven't done anything interesting. So <laughs> that's. It's too bad, but uh, it's the truth. <laughs> oh my goodness! You sound so elderly, Cameron. So <laughs> I only watched Temple of Doom this week. Oh. Um, it was on Amazon free to watch. And there's so much about that movie that I always forget when watching it. I and know, it's crazy. There's a lot about that film that, um, to me, I feel like the content is like pretty um, graphic and intense. And there's also like a lot more kind of like, tongue-in-cheek adult humor in it as well it feels like definitely the odd bunch out of most of the indiana jones films but we'll see what happens with the fifth one coming up here um yeah it is i always forget about how dark it is and also how goofy it is at the same time it has a it's got a weird balance between like oh my gosh this is like this is horrifying, you yeah. know, like slave children and, you know, working in the mines and stuff. You're like, Oh my goodness. And then, you know, there's just like, there's some like, you know, gross out humor. That's, that's like kind of meant for kids. And then there's like other sexual stuff. And I think you're right. It is, it is a very weird movie, but I kind of love it. I think, I think that movie is, is so good. Um, even even if it's like ridiculous and and goofy and kind of over the top, I think I don't know. I, I I really really appreciate Tumble of Doom. Also, you know, interesting note, film history wise, uh, that movie is one of the reasons that PG thirteen uh, is is now a rating right. because before before that movie, you know, I mean, there were definitely movies that skirted the line of what a PG movie was. You know what I mean? Like, if you've ever seen Bad News Bears or something, they're like, they're cussing all over the place. You know, it's just like, he's like drink, he's an alcoholic, so he's like drinking the whole time. You know, like that. all that stuff is is like in movies that were like ostensibly made for kids, uh, which it, it it's a little crazy when you look back on it. Um, but Temple of Doom was the one where they were like, nah, this crosses the line. We, you know, we, we have to, we can't rate this children's movie R, but we have to call it something other than PG. You know what I mean? Like it's, he's pulling someone's heart out. <laughs> we, we can't just show that in a, in a kid's, kid's movie, basically. <laughs> so. I guess see, this is what's strange about that because I know sort of the Indiana Jones Temple of, oh, the PG-13 conversation thing around that. I really feel like the movie could have just been R. When you watch it, it's like... There's something about this movie that it probably just could have slid. I feel like I've seen R-rated movies that aren't as gross as that uh, from that time period. <laughs> and, yeah, um, that's true. 
So I, I'm not quite sure why everyone's like, oh, fun fact, you know, th- this movie invented PG-13. I'm like, this is like an R movie. You could just call this, you could just rate it this R, you know? <laughs> Kept it simple, right? I mean, um, I bet there was some under the under the table talks with the MPAA, with Spielberg being like, hey, listen, it's an adventure movie, okay? Right. Just, just let it slide. Just let <laughs> We're gonna we're gonna eat monkey eyeballs and it's gonna be okay. Okay, just yeah. just relax. <laughs> so revisiting it was good. Um, and the the only thing I really wanted to bring up outside of the PG thirteen conversation with it is how the movie because I I always regard Raiders of the Lost Ark as kind of like the perfect adventure movie. Like it's just clean cut. Like I don't know. There's something super excellent about the way that that movie um, cements the genre in a, in a weird way. Or it captures what was so well loved about so many other adventure movies before it into this perfect like cocktail for you to watch on the opposite side, like temple of doom. What's so impressive is that it's able to shift so drastically from the first movie on purpose, which I know, Spielberg wanted to kind of make it more um, like each, each one to be much different than the last, right? Um, with this movie, that's pretty clear. But there, there are other iconic settings and elements of this movie that have influenced adventure movies and adventure video games and things like that that we interact with to this day feels like it wouldn't exist if temple of doom had never come out you know like if there's something very original about this adventure movie whereas raiders feels like it's influenced from adventure movies of the past um temple of doom it's it's very indiana jones but there's there's something about um the adventure starting and is it like China or Shanghai or something like that. Shanghai. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And uh, then moving kind of more to that, like, like the, uh, a section near India and whatnot. Um, It's just, I don't know. There, there it's, I feel like the spike rooms, the, um, (laughs) the cart chase stuff, like, like, I don't know who was doing the cart chase stuff before that. Um, I'm sure it's appeared once or twice and maybe some of like the silent movies or slapstick kind of stuff. But um, I just feel like Temple of Doom has things in it in this combination that is now like clearly replicated in adventure stuff to this day. And I couldn't yeah. believe like how much Uncharted like loved what was going on uh, in, in this movie too. Cause <laughs> definitely. <laughs> yeah. I was rewatching some of it. I was like, Oh man, like, Something about this, and um, I don't want to. I don't want to riff on it too much further. But yeah, my brother and I watched this movie probably when we were way too young, and it totally. My, we were because t- we were watching it together, and he was like, "This th- this movie freaked me out." Like he was just like, "I was so freaked out by this movie," and we had this theory that Glenn must have been coping with his fear by building Temple of Doom, but like he wasn't <laughs> building like you know the dinner scene he was building like the human sacrifice lava pit 
yeah. and then the slave mine <laughs> out of Legos, like <laughs> in one it's like, set. It's and, like Sammy from uh, from from the uh, the Fablements. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Glenn is like sitting there building these like horrific, you know, play sets, and he was like we got to make sure that the lava pit is like red lava for the Lego figures to get melted. And <laughs> we, we stole all of our Ewok legs to make the short children, you know, in the slave mine. Yeah. yeah. It was just, it was, it was too far, you know? Um, <laughs> it was just kind of funny reflecting on all of that, but. Oh man. That's about all I've been watching. I, I watched some TV that isn't really worth like totally worth uh, noteworthy of any, any regard. So I think it's time to talk about the movie that's in the title. This is Cinema Spectator. If you like the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. Throw a couple dollars your way. Get your questions read on air. Patrons, come on. I've been on it with the posts every single week. We post, if you're at the question tier, which is the $5 tier, uh, you can submit your questions under a weekly thread post. We delete them at the end of the week, but it's just a ping and a reminder that you have that ability uh, if you're not at that tier, obviously you're not going to see the 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 post. But I uh, just wanted to remind our current patrons that they have that ability because I love audience inquiries. I think it's it adds a lot to the conversation. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. We really just appreciate you being here. We thank you for your time. We know you could be listening to a lot of different things. We appreciate you guys being here and uh, giving us ratings, sharing the show. All the stuff helps. Cameron, it's time to finish out 2013. Mm. Weird, weird theme for us, but recommended by one of our patrons, uh, Tim Smith. This is going to be a big, meaty episode, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it'll probably be three hours long. And, no, no, know, not that long. Contain a lot of improvised dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, yeah. So we're we're finishing out 2013 in kind of a um, an interesting way. There's a lot of a lot of movies that we didn't really get to get to. I feel like uh, Gravity was a pretty important one this year, um, but I definitely wish we could have gotten to Twelve Years a Slave. I just, you know, it 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 was a it, you know it was a, it was a complex discussion uh, that year around what was the best movie, you know, how things shaped out, and for me, this was this was one that was very controversial uh, when it came out. Um, and I saw it, I don't think I saw it in theaters or maybe I did. I can't remember, but I remember I was in a screenwriting class in high school at this time. Um, and my film teachers, um, it was a, a husband and a wife, um, and they were named the Marshalls. And so the Marshalls, we, you know, this movie came out and we were talking about it and it was a very interesting discussion because they were basically of the mind that this movie probably like they wouldn't recommend anybody watch it basically. Um, and I think they thought of it as, as like a, a little bit of an irresponsible portrayal of, of greed and of excess and whatever, and a, a kind of, um, showmanship way of, you know, showing, showing how it, um, maybe was good and glorifying it to a certain extent. Um, and that was, you know, how I came into the discussion about it, uh, before I had even seen the movie. And so, you know, when I ended up watching the movie eventually, I was kind of, I, I took the opposite stance 
from them. And I, I am curious about what you think about it. And, and I think we can kind of tailor this discussion towards this conversation of, of the portrayal of Jordan Belfort, um, about its excess and about how it's, you know, this, this way of life is portrayed. I think there's a lot of things in this movie that are really horrific and I think especially as the movie goes along, you know, it starts off very bombastic. It starts off fun and kind of lively. And there's like an allure to that, to, to that early part of the movie. And then as, as the movie kind of hits its halfway point, it really gets much, much darker. And I think from, from kind of the halfway point, it becomes much less of a comedy much more of a um, dark uh, sort of depiction of of you know greed and um, that kind of thing. So, in my mind, that's that's where this movie stands. I think I think it's really brilliantly done. But I'm curious, and I want to talk a lot about this. I think uh, about the there's a non ironic. Uh, revival of Jordan Belfort as like a <laughs> a heroic character on like TikTok and whatnot, mm-hmm. and I'm yeah. I'm very uh, I'm very concerned a little bit about that, and I I definitely want to talk about sort of the influence that this movie has in that uh, revival. But anyways, um, I guess I could give a brief overview. It it. This is the story of Jordan Belfort, who uh, goes from basically being middle class and, uh, you know, not not sure where his life is is going to go to becoming a major fraudster and someone who, you know, essentially uses his customers, um, uh, you know, to make bad investments, but that will enrich himself uh, in the in the short term. And it, you know, it goes through his life, it goes through his rise and fall, and it very closely um, covers the memoir written by Jordan Belfort. Um, so it's it's from his perspective, I guess. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm curious to to hear what your your thoughts are about it. Yeah, it's interesting because we have spent a lot of time watching Scorsese movies on this podcast. We did a whole month about him. Uh, there's one movie that I didn't review that you and Juzo did, which was Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, and I feel like some of the... That wasn't Scorsese. No. I'm sorry. Uh, but I I was on every episode of the Scorsese one then, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah. And you were on Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, too, weren't you? No, I wasn't. It was oh, okay. you and Juzo. Got uh, that's, okay. I'm sorry. That's Correct Fincher. me. Fincher. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, that... that uh, 2012 to 2015 eras like very <laughs> it's definitely like a um it, it's strange it's kind of like a pushing boundary time in in cinema and i feel like what is man my thoughts on this movie it's it's difficult for me because i love a lot of what scorsese has done in the past and i think you can see so much of his DNA in this movie with the way that the scenes are 
like sporadically pulling you into what's going on, even though you're sort of like, I, I don't know. Like it, it's kind of, it, it does this thing. And this is what happens in Goodfellas where your morals are sort of checked at the door for a second. And it, um, and it, it, it pulls you into an adventure with characters who are usually doing bad things. Right. Uh, and committing crime and, and things like that. So I wanted to start by saying I had some pretty high expectations for Scorsese and, and this film, but at the same time, I knew that it was kind of a movie full of vice, right? It, it has that, that exterior presence as well. And I think what is even more shocking is how like deplorable this film is, you know, with its content. Right. I, I think the word that stuck with me is like, it's just like a movie full of like debauchery and like terrible behavior. But you know, you see those ads for like a movie that's like, like a raunchy comedy or something like that. And you're like, okay, like there's something about that that I'm drawn to. It's the two thousands. you sit down and watch it and there's like one raunchy scene and you're like, okay, like I'm kind of confused why that movie was, you know, advertised that way. And it's kind of, it's weird. Like you have this strange experience watching it. Like this movie is like relentlessly, (laughs) like just everything bad under the sun. Let's go, you know, Uh, outside of like violence, I would say, I don't think there's a ton of like, um, like, like Pulp Fiction brains blowing up. No, 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 no. But I don't as, think there's any. As far as like nudity, you know, <laughs> sex, drugs, drugs, language, right? <laughs> um, yeah. This movie is is like kind of exhausting, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it kind of it starts pretty heavy, like from the start. And it doesn't let up when you kind of have enough of the picture. Do you know what I mean? And so yeah, sure. I, I think that what I kind of was left sitting thinking is like, okay, first things first. This movie is like a very heavy R rating. And I know that I say that about some films, but like this one is like come on like our, i'm already prudish <laughs> watching movies right this one this movie like goes beyond that i'm surprised it even passed with some kind of like r rating right because there's just there's just it just it just doesn't let up you know and it is a little tiresome too i think like i feel like you get the idea of how chaotic and like you know raunchy and crazy this party lifestyle is um but it it always seems to just want to get back to that again, right? And I'm like, I think I get the picture, you know. I don't I don't know why they're um excessively pushing me into that over and over and over again. And so by the you know third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh scene like that. I'm sitting there thinking, well, what is the director trying to tell me? Because I respect Scorsese a lot, right? What is, what is, um, like, what is this movie really trying to get at? And for the life of me, my disappointment with this film is that I don't think it's really hitting on anything all too deep. 
And I know that maybe some people could disagree, but I would say any statement that it's trying to make is quite obvious. Um, and it's masked with a very fun, dark comedy that I think is a little trigger happy, if I'm being honest. And that, and that's my, that's, that's my take. I mean, I know people that some people that can watch movies and feel like the content on screen doesn't really affect them or anything like that. Or they don't feel like, um, it really, I don't know. It doesn't need to be justified. It just is. And it's trying to do something. But like, for me, it's like, if I'm going to be subjected to like, you know, debauchery or, or like all this, all this stuff that I'm like, man, like, oh, well, let's do an, let's do an, a movie example that I would say like justifies its horrific things on screen. It's very different, different kind of horror. Um, but I would say like a movie like Saving Private Ryan shows the, the most grotesque violence you could see. Right. And it's not only fitting of the setting, which I mean, I guess you could argue that this movie is just fitting of the setting, but I believe that it is cutting deep at some of the, the themes and the emotions of the movie that make it resonate so much towards the end of, of the picture. Um, and, uh, this movie I feel like the point was gotten across and it like it didn't do enough to justify what it was sort of like just beating you over the head with constantly. Right. Um, and so I feel pretty conflicted about this movie in that regard. Cause I, I don't know, like there's a part of me that's like kind of like, okay, I can watch a movie. I've seen a movie like Eyes Wide Shut. And there's something about that movie that, like, sure, I'm prudish. I don't really want to see, like, all this weird, you know, big group orgy on screen. You know, I'm here to watch a movie, not porn, you know? And so I watch a movie like that. I'm like, why is he putting me through this? And there's, like, some pretty powerful psychological, like, like, there's something very deep being said in that movie about, like, like a, a person's draw towards lust. And when you touch the hot stove, how it brings about this paranoia. And it's like, I don't know, like there's something about that movie where I'm like, wow, that's really tapping into something that I feel like you had to kind of put the audience through, through that to be allured, to be, you know, on that experience with the character, even though I don't really want to watch that on screen. Like I could sort of understand where it was going with that. And this movie, I was like, okay, I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand why it's like berating me with this, and it feels like it's just reveling in its self, almost as like a feat of filmmaking in some kind of weird way, where they're like, we're gonna be the most explicit movie ever, and that's like what we're going for, and that's what we're proud of, and it's in a, in a way, it's like, okay, I can, I guess if you're a film nerd and you're like, wow, that was just can you believe how much was on screen? Can you believe that stuff? And that that doesn't really impress me all too much, right? Um, so I was kind of let down by what I believe the meaning of the movie was. Is I mean, the thing I was thinking about, because I know Scorsese has a little bit of a Catholic background, and I think he taps into some things around religion towards his later movies. I know where he sort of goes with... Um, the social network as well, which I think is a great, that's also Fincher. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm getting, I'm getting my directors <laughs> mixed up. I'm getting my, all right. Well, you know, 
I would say Fincher does a better job tackling kind of this like super wealth explosion on a much more personal level with the social network than what this movie does with like a Wall Street kind of startup criminal sort of thing. Um, yeah, yeah, I guess they're different, but I'm getting things mixed up. Um, where was I going? I got a little bit derailed. I'm getting my directors mixed up. That's why Sorry, I'm not the I, expert. I'm throwing you off. No, no, no. You're good. You're good. I feel well, like the main point that I, I got across with this movie is that mo- like money is the root of all evil because money is what is like driving our main character and it brings him into um, pretty life-destroying like circumstances towards the end of the movie, mm-hmm. right? But is that <laughs> like is that statement really hit home? And with what you're saying about the resurgence of uh, Jordan Belfort on TikTok and how people kind of say, "Oh, he's an alpha male," and I kind of look up to this guy, and I'm kind of all about like this character. And same with people like loving uh, the American Psycho character. When that movie is genuinely like a like a comedy, right? It's like American uh, well, Psycho. Yeah. Well, it's it, it's a satire. I wouldn't say it's a comedy, but it is a satire. Yeah. Right. Th- this is well. I don't know. It's interesting because on one hand, you know, I think I think you're right that um, Scorsese is definitely making a, a comment about. Um, about money, about the the excess of money, um, but I I think it goes a little bit deeper than than that, and I think um, I think he is saying something a little bit more pointed about uh, about Wall Street, about this culture of you know this sort of do whatever you can to make the most money culture, you know this the the hustler culture that is kind of being um, portrayed on on TikTok and whatnot. Um, and I think, I think there is something a little bit prescient about, uh, you know, what, what he's talking about here, which is, um, yeah, you might be able to make a lot of money. Um, and that might be cool and fine and all. Um, but really what you're doing in the pursuit of, of this, um, is your, you're not just destroying the other people's lives, but you're, um, you're destroying your own character. Um, and you're, you're making yourself into, um, basically a, you know, a vessel for which, um, everything bad can, can flow into. Um, which I think, I think there's not, there's, there is something pretty, catholic about that idea i guess yeah (laughs) i think that's true um and and you know to some extent i think you know what you're saying is is sort of true in that um you know people should know this idea and we you know we both have this kind of understanding that that the pursuit of money is um what leads people basically to, uh, to their own damnation essentially. But I think people, I don't think it's that obvious. (laughs) 
Like I don't. I think, in fact, the 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 fact that this movie has popped up unironically on Twitter or on 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 sorry on TikTok as being this um, like heroic, you know, father figure in some ways. Um, I think that that completely shows that the point of this movie is 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 lost on people. So I think it, while it may be obvious for you or you you might already have sort of integrated that message into into your own mind and your own way of viewing things um i don't think it's that obvious and i and i would say you know for Scor- for scorsese i think really the idea of um pulling you into this lifestyle and saying like Oh look, this can be kind of a tra- you know. There's the temptation in in sort of the first hour of the movie, and it's like, wow, beautiful women, kind of debauchery, blah blah blah. And then by the end, you're you're sort of so disgusted by the behavior. Um, I think he kind of wants it to be unattractive at the end, and that's why the vulgarity and the the debauchery really does hit you so hard. I think it I think it's on purpose. I think he doesn't want it to be fun anymore. If that makes sense. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, I just um I I don't know because of this movie's resurgence and whatnot that people are really going to think about what it's trying to say. Yeah, because 100%. at a certain at a certain point when I was watching this movie, I'm like, I'm just like numb to whatever is being put in front of me at this point. Like, it's just so like excessive. It's indulgent, right? That I'm like, I'm tired. And just because like, I'm like, I'm like, well, I, I like Scorsese. What is he trying to say with this? And when I really sat down and got to the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, I get what he's saying. There's also something about this film that I didn't feel like hit. Um, it didn't. It didn't hit like some kind of human relatability. Yeah. Because I don't think Jordan Belfort's character is someone that you relate to. He's someone that is. He's someone you kind of hate. Sure. Um. Ab- yeah. Definitely. And and. I think most people hate him, right? Or should hate him when watching this movie. Um, what's even weirder is that his humble beginnings are of a person that's malleable, lost, and spineless, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that didn't really li- make me like him at all either from that point. Yeah. The only thing that you really enjoy about Jordan Belfort's character is Leonardo DiCaprio's performance because he looks like he's having a lot of fun. And so I'm not done necessarily breaking down what I dislike about this movie, but I wanted to say something that I did like, which is pretty much all of the casting is incredible. Um, This is the best movie I've ever seen Jonah Hill in uh, hands down. (laughs) True. He is, he is just, um, he's so good. Yeah. His his character is is believable. It's always a joy to see him on screen. I think that's what Scorsese does the best is that 
when characters are on screen, you can't get enough of them. And this movie has a lot of that with Jonah Hill's character, even the short bit with Matthew McConaughey in it. Um, I absolutely loved uh, Belfort's dad, Max. Yeah, Rob Reiner. Yeah, he is amazing in this movie. Um, the the um, FBI agent, um, Kyle Chandler, is just like perfectly casted. Um, John Bernthal, uh, most known for being, what is it, Shane in Walking Dead. Yeah. He's in this movie and he's, he's very like electric. John Favreau's in this movie for some reason, which is weird. Yeah, he's the lawyer, I think, or the, yeah. You did did yeah. you notice the cameo early on? I totally forgot about this, but um it's it's uncredited, but uh there's a Spike Jones ca- uh, uh cameo. <laughs> no, I didn't I didn't notice that. He's the um he's the guy. Remember when he goes to the like terrible penny stock broker after he gets right. fired? Right. He's the yeah. main guy who's got the mustache who's who like basically doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> oh, got <laughs> like it, when he got first it. gets in. And um, I just thought that was funny too, because you know he he plays a very very minor character in in the grand scheme of things, but um, just you know hilarious. There's like you know three directors essentially in this movie. <laughs> like, well, all right, you know that's that's cool. He's getting his friends or whatever to <laughs> to do stuff. That's cool. Yeah, even small small characters like um, Belfort's wife early on in the movie. Yeah, uh, Kristen uh, Miloti. She has like these huge, like sympathetic eyes. You just, it's she's like a very tragic character. You, as soon as you see her, you know, like she's just, she's just kind of screwed. Yeah, right? you feel so bad for her. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like throughout yeah. the movie. Yeah, and so like she's casted perfectly. I think you know. Um, I'm gonna. I can't say her name. Margot Robbie, right? Is the T silent? Yeah, T silent. Yeah. yeah so Margo. I can. I, gosh, I hate the spelling of that name. It's stupid. <laughs> Everybody knows her uh, from this movie. I think a lot of people got a crush on her from this film. Um, she has like the trophy. She is the trophy wife in the movie, um, and her character has has much better depth towards the end of the film, especially the scene with. Um, I actually love some of her, her final scenes in this movie um, with the kids and when he takes the kid in the car and the scene yeah. leading up to that as well um, is is like super, I don't know, it's super good in my opinion. And her, her response to um, the, uh, <laughs> when that that scene with like the spinach and, and him going to the country club and, uh, and the phone and stuff. Um, I think that's the, my favorite scene. We'll talk about it later, I, I assume. Mm-hmm. I think that's my favorite scene. And I think it's totally... Everybody th- looks at it way differently than I do. But yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, keep going. Yeah, I just realized my window's open, which is super annoying because there's an airplane going by. So hopefully... hopefully <laughs> it's okay. I can't hear it. Also, Cameron, did you hear earlier in the episode when my cats were like killing each other? <laughs> no, I like, did You were in the did. middle of a sentence. You were looking at me, but I was like... What is happening? They're like crashing <laughs> no, all over there. Okay. I didn't see that. No. Thank goodness for this mic. Um, yeah, so the casting and the acting, they're like really having a great time with this with this movie. Um, they're all unhinged. Then again, the situations are quite unhinged. So I think maybe there's something about 
the environment and everyone just kind of going crazy uh, on set that sort of brings an energy that's really well captured on camera with the scenes. But the thing I just keep going back to is like, why, why, <laughs> like, why are we doing all of this? You know? Um, and yeah, like being at three hours, like I just, I, first of all, I think there, there are better Scorsese films. There are, there are Scorsese films that are much more focused than this. Um, this just feels like a very bombastic, I know I keep saying this, but like indulgent, expensive movie that's full of, you know, bad stuff. And you're supposed to talk about that because you were just shocked and amazed. And it's like, are we really saying that much with this movie? I don't know. And like movies don't need to say that much, but I'm already fairly prudish with like watching films in the first place. So like, of course I'm not going to be drawn to this. You know, if you're like into that where you're like, I want to want to watch a movie where guys are, you know, snorting cocaine off of girls and things like that. It's like, okay, like you can watch this movie. It's going to have that for you. But that's not usually what I'm like. That's what I want to watch tonight. You know, <laughs> like that's not yeah. what I'm drawn to. Right. Um, to me, and the reason I brought up social network, they, those two were like linked with me, um, is that the social network is, is a movie that I felt like hit me personally, had to do with like this explosive growth, but instead of it being surrounding money, there's something about like ego and pride and, um, Honestly, like there's there's something kind of noble about like what they're building at the start where they're like, we're going to create something, um, but it turns them into bad people, you know, mm -hmm. when they're when they're like driven by that. And to me, I'm like, wow, that's hitting me in a way that's like I'm relating with this because I've wanted to create something. And what does that do to me when I'm around people that I consider friends? Whereas this movie had me like wanting to listen to rage against the machine and say like, you know, for once I'm rooting for the FBI, you know, like, you know, <laughs> snipe this guy or whatever. Like what a, yeah. what a scummy person. I also want to say, and we were talking about work at the beginning of this. I work in marketing. I hate salespeople, you know, no offense <laughs> to my boss, you know, but it's like, what are you selling? You don't, you have mm. nothing. You don't make anything. You don't do anything. You're just selling anything you know and it's like ugh who no one likes salesmen you know that's like yeah. such an old thing that's such a <laughs> stupid thing you know like i just i know people make a living and whatnot i'm just like what are you making though you know what are you what are you really doing besides tricking people into spending money you know? <laughs> i don't i don't really know um, yeah. the, the older I get Cameron, the more frustrated I become because like, I, I am a consumer. Like I, I definitely have an issue where it's like, I would buy a thing and then another thing and another thing. And the older I get, the more I'm like, I just don't want in. I just don't want to, you don't need anything I need <laughs> to buy this stuff. It doesn't sure. make your life any better. You know, like it sure. just sucks. Well, um, I think, I think that's why. There is something interesting, sort of, it's kind of an undercurrent of this movie, but I think, 
you know, what he's selling and uh, well, okay. This is very relevant to what we're dealing with today with like cryptocurrency and with, uh, you know, uh, uh, influencer marketing and all that stuff. What, what Jordan is selling in the movie is, is getting rich, right? He's not selling anything tangible. He's selling the idea, the prospect, the potential of 10xing your money. And that is something that is, it, you know, was around back then and is still around now. And it's very, very enticing for people who don't know any better. And I think this movie is kind of interesting because I t- I link the two trends in my mind where, of like the the TikTok grindset bros and the people who are selling you a, a lifestyle, selling you being rich, basically. Um, and you can get get rich if you just you know buy this. NFT or if you just buy this, you know, this, uh, bleep coin, you know what they call it. Right. Um, you know, it's like, there is, there is something that is alluring to people who don't know any better. And I think this movie, you you should, that is, that is what's frustrating. Well, but, but, but that's, that's what this, I think that's what this movie is, is elucidating is these people don't care about you. <laughs> These people do not, they're getting rich by selling you the prospect of getting rich. There's no other, there's no product, you know, they're selling you, uh, something that's fake essentially. And, and I think that, uh, unfortunately that is, is a lesson that many people have to learn consistently and will continue to have to learn. Apparently, you know what I mean? I was just thinking about this the other day because we utilize a bunch of tools on social media for marketing and whatnot at my current company. And um, when I started learning about how the way that these platforms collect data on people and how you market to them and how you can do all this stuff for the, the end consumer it dawned on me that like really the only power that some of these platforms have is that they, they basically make money. If you buy something at the end of the day, if you're going on a social media platform, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all of it, right. Anything like sponsored or, you know, flagged in some regard even what people are posting at this point is an advertisement right and so like it just it kind of dawned on me the other day i was like what if like someone just started saying like just like like and is it it feels so obvious to me now because that's like the world i'm in it's like just don't buy anything <laughs> online you know like just don't do it you know i'm I know that's like that makes me feel like old man shouting at the clouds and all that, but it's like they those platforms are basically monitoring every swipe, click, text, and everything you do. Uh, and once you make any sort of interaction, 
you're signaling that you have an interest, right? It's not just a click. It's not your phone listening. Uh, It's you. You did it. (laughs) You know, you made the decision (laughs) to click on that or read a comment or click on a link. Um, And so it's, I don't know, like all, all of it has me extra cynical and just to see like, like the whole stock thing, like where they're explaining, like, like this movie's kind of funny where it's like, well, let me explain to you how this works. You know what? You don't care. You just want to like know that we made a bunch of money, you know, and we're going to keep having fun. And it's just like, I don't know this, the movie I'm like, it's, <laughs> I was fairly uninspired by any, anything career related or any sort of like, <laughs> money pursuit with this, with this film, yeah. you know? Um, which is good. Uh, which is good. I think that's kind of the, the goal in some ways is to be be a little skeptical of of people who you know tell you that you can get rich and blah 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 and you, you know there's no consequences and whatever else. Like, I think I think that's good. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with money and being good with your money and making money and stuff like that. It's just. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It is interesting when you're talking about like the, the alpha bros and stuff. Like when you brought up crypto Cameron, I got tilted because I studied economics in college (laughs) and I'm like, dude, like the second that stuff came out, I was like, yeah, like just don't, just don't buy it. You know, most people, most people know it's not, it's not going to be worth anything. And then it's not true. Most people don't know that. <laughs> yeah, that, that's what was surprising to me. Like it's one of those oh, I've lost faith in humanity kind of kind of moments, right? Um, well, I mean, it's a perfect vessel for this kind of thing. This like selling you the the we're going to you know we're going to the moon <laughs> essentially. Like this this it's kind of a repeated pattern, but. But when you when you sell when Jordan sells a penny stock to someone who doesn't know any better and says you can you could double your money and you know the the thing that you wish you uh, you're gonna wish that you put in more blah 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 you know his whole his whole pitch like that's what that's what people are selling with with cryptos nowadays too is like all right. Maybe not nowadays, maybe last year or the year before or whatever, yeah. when <laughs> people had a bunch of money before it tanked. But, you know, people are are interested in, oh, well, if I just put my money in this, then you'll give me back like double that. That sounds awesome. You know, I'd love to do that. I'll I'll do that every day of the week. And, you know, what's what's not said is that it's it's basically just just a fraud i mean it's it's a scam and so even with even with cryptos that are more reput- reputable i guess um there's no there's no guarantee you're gambling with with your money and you know a lot of people are just duped by these people who have a lot of charisma like jordan but who really are just unscrupulous sociopaths, essentially. I mean, the, that's that's what he's portrayed as. And I think 
I think that's in some ways, man, I, I'm a little, the thing that, that I didn't pick up on the first time that I watched this movie and what I, like my main criticism of the movie for one, well, actually that's not my main criticism. My main criticism is that this movie is too long and it needed to be cut down a little bit. And there's some things that are a little, not, not even just like excessive or overindulgent or whatever. There's things that are just like a little bit repetitive that, totally don't yeah. need to be in there. <laughs> so yeah. I I am totally of the mind that this movie is much too long. Should have been like two and a half hours if like max. I There's definitely 30 minutes that could have been cut out of this movie. <laughs> you know, I love Thelma and I think she does a great job editing, you know, overall. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of excess in this movie. This, it could have been trimmed for sure. But... My my other criticism, you know, in that, in the vein of what we're talking about, I kind of don't like that they shied away a little bit from from the mechanisms of what Jordan was doing. I think that that should have been a bigger focus because it's become so relevant nowadays. You know what I mean? I, I'm not sure. saying that he should have he should have known, you know, beforehand that this is that people would have been interested in this later on. But I think the fact that this is like coming up again in modern day, like I wish he would have gone into more detail about how the scam worked, how the fraud was was being you know handled, and all those th- sort of things. Like I, yeah, I wish, I wish he covered it in a little more precise <laughs> detail, I guess. They kind of hand wave it away, like you said. And while that's fun and interesting and it's, you know, it breaks the fourth wall and there's certain things that, that I like about the way that he does that, you know, filmmaking-wise and narrative-wise, I wish that he was... Uh, I wish he trimmed some of the r- redundant things and spent a little bit more time focusing on why it was a scam, why it was wrong to do, you know, all these things. I think he's from the mindset of like, oh, it just makes sense. Obviously, you shouldn't sell garbage to garbage men. You know, like that's that's his mindset. It's it's obviously wrong, but I think people watch this movie could watch this movie. People who are dumb, I guess, could watch this movie and say, like, oh, what did he do wrong? You know, what he was just he was just selling people things. You know, what what where was even the crime? <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like the pump and dump thing really wasn't touched at all. Um, yeah. So even even the betrayal around friends right Mm -hmm. or neglecting relationship that he apparently had with his colleagues there's no like turmoil really shown on screen outside of his marriages right yeah i don't know if that's if i had put together the movie i feel like that's something i would have obviously touched on and i think 
Scorsese gets around to doing that um, in Irishman, which, you know, yeah. really hits on like kind of um, betrayal of friendship and in, in those dicey, you know, illegal business, you know, situations and all yeah. that. Um, I just, uh, yeah, like you kind of get the sense that these guys are almost on like a field trip. They're very childish mm-hmm. and uh, they're running around with an adolescent lust uh, for anything that's going to get them in trouble. And you never really feel like they get in too much trouble, even with uh, the ending of the movie. As a matter of fact, there seems to be a cemented smugness about Belfort's character that doesn't have any sort of major realization um, when he's kind of coming to some kind of like thing where he's like, Oh, like I'm, I'm beginning to become self-aware of like what I'm doing is wrong. He just doubles down on him being a terrible person because he's like, I am who I am, you know? And then even when he, um, like he it never really feels like he he faces a consequence that's big enough for the things that he did that were actually wrong outside of his things that you witness him doing that are just you know like <laughs> like just like his like kind of sinful behavior on screen right like even if you were like okay all that stuff is just fun and games like he's definitely screwing over people He's definitely being um, a terrible husband. He's not even that great of a friend, even though all these people revere him. Um, He just basically buys their friendship, right? And that's never, ever an issue, right, for him. And um, the only character that really becomes like an actual friend is is Donnie in the movie who's played by Jonah Hill towards the end when he has like the cuff on his leg, right? Mm-hmm. And they're talking. He's like, oh, I got you, you know? <laughs> the rest of the movie, he's calling Donnie like an idiot the entire film. Mm-hmm. Um, he like hates him in a fun way, right? Um, and then they have this, this interaction at the end of the movie where he's, um, I guess, full spoilers, right? He's, yeah, uh, sure. he's, he's got to a point where um, the FBI wants him to rat out his friends. And he kind of does this thing where he's like, he slips him a note and said, cause he's wired up with a mic. They're having a conversation about something that could expose Jonah Hill's character. And he slips him a note says, don't say anything. Cause I'm, I'm wiretapped right now. And there's like a very subtle, like mixed emotion response from Jonah Hill where he's betrayed but he's also like, well, you know, like brothers forever, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's this weird moment. One of the, I think it's a great moment, um, but it's not really for, for a movie that's, you know, so in your face, anything like emotionally moving that it's trying to do isn't in your face. You know, it's, it's much more subtle and yeah, for sure. And I think that makes it feel almost silent <laughs> compared to the the rest of the movie's presentation. Um, 
So I, I don't know, like where I'm sitting at with this movie. I, I find it pretty difficult to recommend watching, not just because of its length. I definitely think there's a part of me that's like, it's content is just exhausting. Even if, even if you're, even if you're like, I'm all about that, Isaac, it's like, you'll watch this and probably be like, okay, you know, <laughs> like, so like, you, you're, you're of the, uh, you're of the mind of my, my film teachers, basically. I'm probably closer aligned. The thing that I did really enjoy about this film was the performances. It feels like there's something uh, going on with this this cast and and the crew that's really expressing themselves creatively. Um, the acting is great. The cinematography is awesome. The the um, like some of the cuts and breaking of the fourth wall is it's having a lot of fun with itself. Um, so I don't think it's like devoid of any kind of value. If I wanted to say the thing that I thought was the most like wowing to me was the spectacle. And it had me kind of reflecting on another 2013 movie starring Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> called the great Gatsby, which I thought, a lot of this movie could have been uh, The Great Gatsby. I feel like Gatsby's story is about a man full of spectacle, wealth, and should be leaning on to a level of debauchery that was shown in this movie, right? <laughs> like, if, if you're, if you're going to commit to something like that, like, to kind of create this character who's very distant, um, there's a the person on the outside who's looking at this behemoth rich man who can have anyone he wants and, and does whatever he wants because he's undeniably wealthy. And there's kind of this story told around that. Um, and so what was weird is that the spectacle element of this movie was what I felt would have been much more fitting in Gatsby's story. Um, even if it was done to this like overindulgent level, I felt like that would have been a lot more fitting. Um, this movie just felt like the, the overindulgence, the end, you know, even if it is trying to say something that that's the only thing that really stood out to me. Um, and you know, I could, I could be a geek about the filmmaking and stuff, but I'm, I'm kind of like, if you haven't seen some other Scorsese movies, you should probably go there first, you know. Those yeah. other ones are going to make you cry. This one is just <laughs> This one is just like it's turned up, you know. Wow. Yeah. Well, uh, the interesting awesome. thing, the interesting thing for me, you know, he makes this movie and then 3 years later he makes um he makes Silence, which you haven't seen, though I totally recommend it for you. I <laughs> <laughs> I think you would I think you would really dig silence probably. Um but it's like the complete opposite end of the spectrum of this movie. Right, it's right. quiet, it's dark, it's kind of devastating in a way. Um it's very uh it's a yeah, it's a it's a movie that ha is um <laughs> people really don't like it. Uh, 
because it's not that flashy and it's kind of slow. Um, but I think is just absolutely brilliant. And I, I really, really love, um, but in a way it's a weird pairing because they're totally opposite movies. You know, one is this, this very indulgent, um, kind of bombastic movie about, um, you know, the excesses on the very fringe, you know, the top 0.01% of, of society, people who are, you know, really doing terrible stuff and, and, um, you know, screwing people out of money and, and just totally have no care in the world for other people. And then the other, you know, silence is a movie about monks who go and dedicate their lives to <laughs> converting people in Japan. And it's, it's just a very, it's a very odd, um, follow up to this movie. And then he makes, um, he makes the Irishman after that in 2019. So there is, there is something, I think there is something deeper going on here, but I agree. I think, I think the, or I agree in some ways. I think, I think the movie is excessive and it's fun and it's, it's loud and it's really kind of misinterpreted in my mind. (laughs) I don't think, I don't think this movie is, is, I, I don't like the resurgence that this movie has had in the past couple of years because it's looking at it as this sort of tale or it, it's, it's looking at the, you know, the warning and, and being like, oh yeah, that's the thing we want. You know what I mean? So, so I, I really dislike that. Um, well, what I will say, I think the moment when I first watched it, that, that it really clicked for me that, that like, oh, this is a much darker movie than I, than I was expecting is the scene where, where they take the clay, the quaaludes, um, you know, the old quaaludes where he, sort of in the middle gets high and is completely out of control and he's losing his mind, you know, for all the other party scenes and all the other sort of debaucherous moments, there's, you know, there's jazz playing and there's these like moments of, of, and it feels like kind of cool, even though it's very, um, dark in a way, you know, their, their behavior is very uh, disturbing but there's this there's this sense of like fun and energy in in the way that it's put together mm-hmm. um during the quaalude scene that's the first time i think when you know when you see jordan high and there's no music it's shot very plainly to show that he is just out of his mind you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. he is the staircase dis- scene. The staircase scene is like awesome. Yeah. And he's like, dis- he, it's like actually gross watching him. He's yeah. disgustingly, um, you know, out of control. And, you know, w- when he, when he gets in his car and when he drives and, you know, there's this, there's this sense of like, Oh my goodness. This is 
this is some really terrible stuff going on. And a lot of people thought that that scene was funny. I don't know why. I think that scene is like one of the darkest in the entire movie (laughs) because it's so, um, yeah, there's something about the portrayal about the filmmaking that is so, um, straight and it's looking at them like, not, not that this is fun anymore or that this is, um, you know, something that we do that we're, we're just over the top. We're gross, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is, this is getting really seriously out of control. (laughs) You know what I mean? And, and there's something about that portrayal that I think is really, really well done within the context of the movie where it's, you know, it's coming from kind of the, the attract, the allure of, you know, money, wealth, drugs, sex, blah, 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 the allure of this temptation. And then he comes, comes from that to, you know, walking totally uncontrollably stumbling through your house and your daughter's there watching you. And like that, that's, that's the Scorsese that, you know, we see in the Irishman. That's like the subtle kind of darkness that you see in, in, you know, his more contemplative movies. And so that's why I think, I think it's, it's not a, (laughs) it's subtle and it's not maybe as, as in your face as something like the Irishman, but it's there. You know what I mean? It, it, yeah. The, what he's saying is, is totally there. And, you know, that scene sticks out for me as one that is very, very disturbing to me. Um, and I've, in all of Scorsese's catalog, you know, that, that scene still kind of gives me, gives me nightmares sometimes <laughs> when I think about it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the ending scenes where the... um kind of like the the reality begins to set in. Mm-hmm. The movie begins to show more color than it being just this long rager with actors quipping at each other and laughing with the energy and stuff. Which, to the film's credit, outside of all the stuff that I really would have rather not watched, right? I do think that this movie has the roller coaster ride energy that that wins people over right away. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it's kind of one of those train crashes you you don't want to turn away from and I don't want to discredit it with my own bias, right? I think it's it's undeniably going to like really pull you in. Even it's just for me like the the content matter was just too much, you know. It was it was like disturbing and then for it to go into you know the character being even more disturbing and and in in the darker half right like with him kind of looking like this gross spider when he's tripping out on the ground and like i i love some of the filmmaking where they like cut from his eyes like to the staircase but the stairs seem like like a hundred steps for a second and then it cuts back and there's like six steps yeah and he like falls down the stairs like a bunch of times when he's tripping and stuff. I don't know. Like 
I just I want to give this movie credit, obviously, with the with the acting and the energy and the way that it just kind of like it keeps going. But there are, like you were saying, moments in this film that felt like they could be cut. There's the scene where they start. You know what it was? There was a scene where I I was totally invested in the movie. I was like, okay, yes, there's a bunch of stuff I don't want to watch um, on screen, but the movie's pacing is lightning fast, right? The scene where they're sitting in the office talking about midgets. That goes on for literally five minutes. Yeah. And I was like, I'm done with this. Like, I li- that was the scene where I was like, why? Yeah. Like, what is the point of this? You know? I get it. They're partying. They're going crazy, you know? I've seen it for an hour now in this movie. I got the origin. I get that they're, you know, crazy wealthy. Um, and when they're talking about the midgets, it's not the end of the partying. It keeps going. It just it never stops, right? Um, yeah, it's the start and, of the party. Yeah, and it's only it's forty five minutes like, into the movie. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Like I, I'm reading some of the Google reviews here, and I, you're there's no middle of the round review. So I hope this is interesting to someone who's listening, right? There's a bunch of people that reviewed it that were like, "I'm disgusted by this movie." Right, one out of five stars. Um, a lot of the points at those one of the star thing, one of one out of five stars said that a lot of the points of this film could have been made with a lot less language and a lot less nudity. It's super disgusting. Uh, it's unrealistic, right? That's what people are saying <laughs> about this movie. Um, I don't think that's true, but <laughs> somebody said. Yeah, it's a roller coaster with fine acting, cinematography, and production value. Um, but it's not really saying much, is it? What is it saying? A cautionary tale? Maybe? I don't know. It failed, in my opinion. Two out of five stars, right? There was an, there's another... So then I was like, okay, I need to read through some of the five-star reviews to know, like, what are the people that love it? Like, most of the time, they say love this movie. I would give it even more stars. The characters are amazing. Leonardo DiCaprio, amazing. Like, yeah, we've heard it, right? Wolf of Wall Street is a roller coaster ride. That is the thing that everyone is writing, right? The one review that stood out to me, he didn't give it a rating, but I think it was a, um, I th- I'm assuming it's a five stars. This is how his review starts. The Wolf of Wall Street is one of my favorite movies of all time for many reasons. After seeing it for the first time when I was 13, I was very intrigued to become like Jordan Belfort. <laughs> now I'm mature enough to know better, and after countless rewatch, I realize that this movie is a critique of that kind of lifestyle. Sure, the jug or the drug fueled insane mayhem that Belfort goes through makes a very entertaining movie with an amazing soundtrack, which I don't know if I agree with that. I agree. However, (laughs) comma, I feel that Martin Scorsese intended this to be a display of the way that power and money can corrupt someone uh, when he becomes the king of the world and has enough money to spend on set, enough money to spend for several lifetimes. Like, is that really all that deep? (laughs) Is that really worth it, you know? 
Well, I mean, it was. This guy for, saw it, this movie when he was thirteen. <laughs> like what? But the heck? look to be to be fair to this review, it 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 actually was worth it for him because he wanted to be Jordan Belfort when he was for thirteen. <laughs> And then right. he watched it again, and he realized that oh, this is this actually is bad. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he conti- so- he continues in his review a little bit for like there's a couple more paragraphs, and he talks about oh how the movie takes a turn halfway if you fly too close to the sun, and uh, I'm just trying to paraphrase here a little faster. The initial rise um, to the end where he is corrupt self starting to show that he's facing the consequence of his actions. Yeah. I don't know if those consequences are like severe enough, you know, like I felt like they were kind of like, I, well, to be fair, I agree. And I think Jordan Belfort should still be in prison. Um, but you know, the reality of the world that we live in is, is he's not and he, you know, it's, I mean, this is based on a true story. You know what I mean? So like, I didn't know that whether, whether or not the, (laughs) the, he only served 22 months in prison. Yeah. You know, for for being a scumbag essentially and defrauding uh I think the the total count was 110 million dollars from <laughs> from his customers. So, you, you know, like in my mind that that's pretty bad. I would say he should go to jail for longer than like a year. <laughs> You know what I mean? So, so I, I'm in agreement that, um, yeah, the consequences weren't really enough. In fact, he's in this movie. Um, if you'll notice, he's, he's the guy who introduces Jordan Belfort at the very end, um, when he's giving his speech, Hmm. um, how to sell it. You know, the other thing that I, that I didn't notice before this, um, uh, before this rewatching everything that he does. And this was a really interesting little, um, it's so minor and so subtle, but everything that Jordan does throughout the movie is a copy of someone else. And he just does it in a way that's charismatic, you know? So he really brings nothing to the table, (laughs) even when he's doing his, his, you know, sell me this pen thing. He's getting that lesson from John Bernthal's character in the beginning. Remember? Yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, so as much as, you know, he's, he's the, the, the snake tongue, he's, um, he's the charisma, but he has no original ideas. And I think the movie totally, um, in a way that's very subtle and not quite, uh, it doesn't quite elucidate it, you know, in, in a, in a very clear way. But I think that's totally a diss on Jordan Belfort, even though, you know, he's, he's kind of, you know, the subject of the movie in a, in a lot of ways. Like that's, that's a total, I think the movie's aware that he brings nothing to the table. Essentially, he has no original ideas. He's just repackaging something in a very chic and charismatic way, um, which I like that. I like that too. I think that's a great lesson of beware of snake charmers. Essentially, you know. 
So. Yeah. Yeah, him giving the um, the pen sales thing at the end, right? I just uh, it doesn't work, you know. Like I just, I don't, I don't know. Like, I guess maybe I feel like I'm part of a different generation at this point, Cameron, because. I know that there are the scammers and the people that need to like, you know, hustle and all that, but it's like the product should, should sell itself, or at least that's how it's said in the Bay area where we're from. Right. Which is very like full of themselves tech bros that are like, you have to show value beyond what a customer could ever even ask for. And, then you never have to sell it. It just works. And it, it's like, it's like so easy that you're, you're just going to be drawn to it. There's no sales guy needed. Right. Um, the product should sell itself. And so to watch a movie where they're selling nothing and for him to continue to sell nothing to the end of the movie, like there's some, there's definitely like a boiling rage from me just personally witnessing that. Um, it just drives me up the wall. <laughs> but it's true. You know? But it's true, though. I mean, this this yeah, really no, happens. Totally. You know what I mean? So, so, and whether or not, and Jordan Belfort has made a lot of money selling himself as someone who sells things <laughs> since getting out of prison and since you know this movie. I mean, he he. Still I just want to say this for the it. record, okay? If you're not creating something, you know, don't sell me anything. You're not creating. Like, most of the time, people are not creating anything, right? And it's like, how can I trust you if you're not creating something? Um, It's interesting because my recent, and I know I keep talking about my job, but my recent employment, literally, this is, like, at the core of what changed about this company and why they have, like, success now. Because they were essentially a distributor for products that they didn't create. And their sales team, which was the brute of their, you know, workforce, basically was selling this idea that, like, we have great products, a.k.a. you could buy them from anyone else. We didn't make them, right? Uh, And we have them available. That is the selling point. Like, you can have them tomorrow, right? So convenience and they're good. But once you realize you could buy that stuff from anyone else, then it's just convenient. And what if one day you don't sell, you don't have it in stock, then suddenly you're a worthless business, right? And so this company, before I was hired, decided we need to identify where, you know, there's a need for something specific and create it. And they spent a bunch of money manufacturing something. And to their credit, as salespeople who I don't usually respect, right? <laughs> I don't respect sales. Um, they made something that works and is good. And they tested it and they sold it to the people that told them it sucked until it was right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So they 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 made a product and the people wouldn't buy it because it didn't work. And so they changed it about it. Well, it's not good enough. And then they change it again. And now they're creating more and more products in that regard. I'm like, okay, there's like a positive output there. Um, and so 
I don't know why I'm going on this tangent because it hasn't. I mean, it's kind of related to the movie, but it infuriates me. If you want to make money, I will give you some advice. Create value. Do not sell worthless things. You need to sell something that's valuable. And uh, you got to start with making something that's valuable if you're going to sell it. Otherwise, you have stolen people's money. That's how I feel about it. True. True. Based and true. Yes, I agree. I'm I'm unhinged. Despite all of my, you know, obvious... Obviously, you know, when we were going to review this movie, Cameron, I'm sure you were like, okay, this is this is an explicit movie. Isaac's going to be uncomfortable with it. <laughs> there's there's too much nudity. But come on, even you can kind of ad- agree, right? There's an excessive amount of of just horrible things in this movie, right? Uh yeah. Um yeah, for sure. But but I think, you know, in the way that I look at things, Horrible thing, showing horrible things on its face, isn't um, isn't an issue. I think it's ho- showing horrible things for no reason. And I think you elucid- elucidated that you don't believe that this movie has a reason. I disagree because I think I think people are naive and um, they're foolish. And maybe you might be enlightened enough to you know, not have this, this message, you know, hit you in a certain way. But obviously this, you know, this Google reviewer was saying, oh, actually I, I realized that I did want to be Jordan Belfort. And then after thinking about it, it became clear to me that this was a destructive way to live. And the movie was, was looking at this in, in a destructive manner. So so yeah, I I you know we can say that this the you know there's an excessive amount of of nudity, there's an excessive amount of <laughs> of the f word, you know. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of bad things in the movie. Um and you know, that's that's true. And I wouldn't recommend it for for the average 13-year-old, I would say. Um, which is why it's so dangerous that, uh, you know, getting back to this, I guess, which is why it's so dangerous that this has popped up on TikTok as like this, um, you know, oh, he's, he's this, you know, Sigma male. He's this, you know, he- heroic person, um, when that's totally not the intention of the movie. And I guess my question for you then, as someone who's, who's critical as, of, of the portrayal, uh, in this movie is do you think there's some complicity with Scorsese who is very clearly, you know, making this three hour movie that you're supposed to sit down and watch and kind of ponder and, and think about, do you think he's complicit in the TikTok, you know, taking, uh, two minute long set or a 30 second segment of the, of the movie and, you know, blasting that and making that this, this sort of like, you know, inspirational moment from this movie. Um, do you think Scorsese's portrayal of these things are part of the reason that, that the TikTok 
you know, is able to, to, um, clip it in that way? Or do you think, you know, it's not his fault, I guess. I, I don't know what sort of changes went on with this movie in the studio space, because that is what I kind of wanted to dive into. And I think it relates to this, um, I feel like there is a Hollywood energy in this movie that is celebratory when I don't know if that's exactly what Scorsese was trying to get at. Um, But for some reason, people see this movie as a great big old celebration of talent and cinematography. Like I feel like this movie was misinterpreted within its production even some of the soundtrack choices I thought were stupid choices. I was like, this is like a popular pop rock song. And doesn't this movie take place like in the nineties? Like what's going on here? Like, why is this like so commercial at this moment? Right. Um, I feel like something happened on the production end with this movie where there were too many cooks in the kitchen and the end goal was to make this wild party movie. Um, whereas I don't know if that's the movie that Scorsese wanted to make. Well, I'll just say that's not true at all because (laughs) this is independently made and funded. So (laughs) it's not true. (laughs) Then I don't know what to say. Yeah. It's his fault then, you know, like I, I, The movie doesn't take itself very seriously. So when it starts to try to take itself seriously, you kind of sit back and are like, I don't know if it's clicking. And most of the reviews that have picked up on the things that the movie's probably trying to say are fans of the movie who have watched it multiple times and they're kind of looking for something to find anyways. Whereas I don't know if most people would have critically spent the time to consider it with this movie. Um, Somebody in this review here said, if you can get past all the stuff, you know, it's a must watch. It's funny, epic, thought provoking, realistic, and interesting. Those adjectives are not the ones I would have picked. (laughs) Uh, Thought provoking is not the first adjective that I would have picked for this movie. Comparing it to a roller coaster ride, yeah, I I can see that. Um, you know, funny. I think the movie has comedic elements. I wasn't like laughing out loud at this movie. I don't think it's that funny. I think this movie is much more <laughs> serious than funny. I, I know but. you mentioned that before, and I was thinking about it because there's all these like wild, goofy, situational, like almost like jackass comedy things going on in this film. Um, but I didn't find myself laughing like I I don't know. I don't think I laughed at all, really. Um which is strange because all of the styling and stuff is like, look at this raunchy, you know, party movie thing and the music kicks in and 
it's not a 90s song. Why aren't they playing a 90s song? That really triggered me. I hated that. Why did they do that? (laughs) I really didn't like that. It took me out of the movie. I just want to say that. Um, Yeah, there were just... I, I, I don't think that... And I think you're right in saying, you know, Isaac, it didn't... It, it didn't like break through in some kind of way with you. When I see somebody put down thought provoking, that was the opposite of like my experience with this film. I felt like I really had to sit afterwards and I, I watched this movie over 24 hours ago. Like I've been thinking about like, how can I, how can I define what this movie was trying to say in for the podcast? How can I put together an idea that says like, there is something meaningful because I like Scorsese and there was something about this movie that was kind of drawing me to it. And I was like, you know, I, I think it's just kind of surface value. I think it's just this, this raunchy thing that ties up together, not with the home run. I think it's, it, there's, there are elements that can be seen as a, as a warning sign. Um, but I, I'm going to double down on it. Like if you want to see a, a, uh, a movie about like driving success and, and, you know, kind of actually relating yourself and your situation to that, like you got to see the social network. And I love that. I love that movie. And you know what? Let's go Bay area. You know, I'm just gonna put that out there. (laughs) New York, please. Better than New York. Please, please. Um, What are those guys making? They make nothing. They just sell stocks. They don't, they don't sell, they don't create anything worthless all right well i will say um <clears throat> yeah there it's hard because i i understand i see where you're coming from and that's you know like i said that's where my film teachers were coming from they basically you know made the declaration like don't don't watch this movie it's not it's not worth it um so you know i get that for me, I, wait, I I just want to say, I don't know if I'm exactly in their camp because I can imagine some people not having my same reservations with some of the subject mm-hmm. matter. Yeah. Right? I think, I think, you know, the way I was raised and definitely like kind of what I'm attracted to anyways in movies isn't a movie like this. Sure. Sure. Uh, I was surprised how much it was like the most the most raunchy party movie I think you could ever watch, you know? <laughs> so in a way it was like a spectacle, you yeah, know? Yeah. I'm not going to be impressed by that. Like I never wanted to watch anything like that. If you, I look at the cover of project X, I didn't want to see that, but I know people went to the theaters to watch that. Right. I wasn't one of those people. So like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there's definitely a crowd that could be down with this kind of movie. You know, they'd be, they could be into it. I'm not right. Like that's not the thing that, that connects with me. And so if I was looking past that, trying to get it something more, which I do expect from Scorsese, um, I, I couldn't find very much of it. And I also want to add Scorsese has won me over in movies that I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, I didn't like mob movies. I had never watched any of them. And I watched Goodfellas, and I absolutely was moved by that movie. 
Yeah. I not only thought it was a roller coaster ride that is a better roller coaster ride than this movie. Um, it's a fantastic movie. Uh, but it, it like, there's something about it that like stings you at the end too. Mm -hmm. Like it is a home run at the end of that movie. Yeah. yeah, Um, and this movie does not have that and it's super long, (laughs) you know, uh, and it's subject matter that didn't really like win me over and make me want to watch more of it. After that, I was like, I got to see The Godfather. I got to watch more mob movies. I got to watch, uh, what is it? The That HBO series or whatever. The Sopranos. The, yeah, I got to watch The Sopranos. Like, I got I to gotta do, like, I was, like, totally hooked after that, sure. right? Um, so, yeah, I did not, this movie did not have that kind of effect on me in any, any which way. And so, yeah, I'm just trying to, like, I'm just trying to clarify, like, where I'm coming from because I don't think I'm, arms crossed like this movie is for no one i i do want to say i don't think a 13 year old should be watching this movie <laughs> like the, sure i really I, I mean this is like a very explicit movie it's a hard like, r it's a very hard r for sure <laughs> for yeah. sure well and and i've and, also, and i've seen a lot i i just i gotta continue like i i've seen a lot of hard r movies on the show you know <laughs> and what i've been surprised about some of those films is how they have a lot to say despite the material I didn't want to watch. Like it was kind of relevant, you know? I mean, like I, I, I like I, I mentioned the saving private Ryan comparison, the eyes wide shut comparison, even like a, 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 um, like the, the, that's not how I would have made it. Like I, I think of another movie, like, um, the last duel, which feels a little bit more restrained, uh, in the way that it's like this movie is about a rape, but like it doesn't like really like show a rape. Whereas like if Kubrick was making it, he'd be like, "Yeah, we're just gonna like literally make you watch the whole thing, but there's gonna be a reason." Like to me, I'm like, you can get the point across without like you know really overdoing it. Um, and this movie is like we are gonna overdo it, and I don't know. I didn't like. I didn't really think the point was. How did this person say it? Thought provoking. Yeah, no, I didn't really get there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean that, that I think I think that's totally okay. Totally okay. And I will say it's, you know, it's it never was my favorite Scorsese movie. Um and watching it again um has just reconfirmed that. It's it's not um I don't want to say it's not his best work, but it's it's really, you know, there's a lot of other Scorsese movies that I would recommend over this one and that, you know, even touch on the same things as this one. Um, so, you know, I, I agree with you in that way, but I, I don't think it's I don't think it's entirely worthless. And I think even even as you're saying, you know, uh, it's it's over the top and you know blah blah blah. You know you got to give it to him as the artist of you know how how effective he's able to do you know to get across some of his ideas and I think I think he you know if anything it shows that he he really truly is a masterful director <laughs> as much as the movie you know doesn't appeal to you necessarily. Uh, it's pretty, it's a pretty impressive feat of, you know, of artistry in a lot of ways. So 
you know. That's- Let's talk a little bit about the artistry that I did love, and I know we were touching on it, but the drug trip out scene with the stairs, excellent. Absolutely love the reveal of the Lamborghini. I just think, I don't know, like that was like such a fantastic way to kind of like tell the story you're in, bought into the in the beginning the safety no 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 uh after the drug oh, trip right, out right, right, like right, right. when when he like drives home yeah and then the next morning <laughs> when he's woken up and like the, he sees the car like he parks the car like in his drug trip and he makes it back home safe <laughs> and then like like when he's being arrested in the morning he walks outside and his car's totaled and he doesn't like remember that uh, and then it like replays what actually happened when he got in the car and started driving. Um, loved that scene. The uh, we, we I just mentioned it, but the Popeye spinach part where Jonah Hill's character is choking when he gets home and they're both tripping and uh, there's Popeye on the TV. And so he like snorts cocaine to get strong and save his friend. Pretty. <laughs> I would say like that was like super dark that was like a super dark humor moment yeah for sure i was like this is not making me laugh but it is making me laugh but i'm also just like horrified at what i'm like what is even happening right now definitely um you know one one thing one joke that i totally missed the first time that it's so subtle um so there uh after you know Jonah Hill's character. They meet and they're t- and he's talking about, um, you know how weird he kind of is. You know when they're sitting at the bar right, and, right. and he's talking about his cousin and whatnot. Um, yeah. And you know they go and they they do, <laughs> they do crack in yeah. like in a stairwell. Um. There's a there's a moment you know because all that scene you're sort of in the dark bar and then they're in the stairwell and then they get out of, <laughs> they get out of the, the stairwell and it's daytime. <laughs> and I think right. that's so hilarious because it's totally like it, you know, it subverts your expectations of like, Oh, they're, you know, they're out they're drinking at night, you know, they're it's after work or whatever, but no, it's, this is just like during the day. <laughs> I, right. I, just, I think that's kind of, um, it's a clever but very subtle uh, joke that he he throws in there. So yeah, yeah. No, there's a, there's a lot towards the end of the movie that I was starting to get into more. It just they're, they're, but it never connected with me all the way. Yeah, um, because the first like the the first two thirds are just. You know, it seems like the cast is having fun and it's that party movie, right? Um, I'm looking for more of those emotional beats and the movie is much more interested in the thrill ride of it all. Um, which, you know, like... I I don't blame people for saying, like, that's awesome. Like, I'm all I'm all about it. It just wasn't... It wasn't for me, so. Yeah. I think that's okay. Um, I expected that, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I I kind of expected it too, but I did, I was, I was excited to see this movie, you know, I was, 
I was I was ready to understand what it was all for. You know, I was like, okay, well, it's got to go somewhere, right? And yeah, thought provoking is not the word I would put for this movie. Um, and I still can't decide if I am saying that because I spent so much time trying to think about it and not really coming to anything of satisfaction. Uh, or if like, or if like, I don't know, because like, and I can't tell if I was like, was I think, was I spending time trying to think about what this movie meant because of the show or was it because of like the movie, you know, was the movie trying to get me to think about something? And I've just concluded right now is for the show. <laughs> Cause I can't, I can't, I can't think I were, I really thought I, I missed something. Um, and I was like, Cameron is probably going to tell me that there's something else going on with this movie. I didn't know it was on a, based on a true story. Honestly, whatever. Um, I just, yeah. Wall street. <laughs> um, <laughs> great. You know, let's go buy some doge coin or whatever. Stupid. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I'm, um, I'm recommending Goodfellas. <laughs> Episode over. <laughs> well, it sounds good. I I also recommend Goodfellas. It's definitely a, uh, a shorter watch than than this one. But to be fair, this is pretty good. I think if you're you know if you're not content averse, um, it's pretty good. I think there's I think there's good stuff in here. So, you know, that's my that's my light but cautionary recommendation. So, <laughs> was it better the first time or the second time for you, Cameron? Um, I think it was better the first time. I think I've did digested most of what this movie has to say since I've seen it the first time. You know what I mean? Like this this movie. Is not thought provoking. No, that's not what I was saying. Um, yeah, but you're just like you you you've seen you've seen it once. Like, what else is there to get out of it? Like, that's kind of my point, you know. Um, unless yeah, you're in bit. it for the roller coaster ride, which I agree with. There's not. There's nothing more, you know. Um. Yeah. I. I, I guess so. Um. But but I I don't want to write it off like that because I think um, I mean to be fair this time when I was watching it I was very tired I was like just came back from skiing this weekend I literally skied yesterday and then drove all the way home and then uh, to or I drove to San Jose and then I drove to San Francisco and then I put this movie on at like 10:30. So, you know, I I don't know if I'm like <laughs> my my full vision of the, or view of the movie um was necessarily like it could have been just affected by by my tiredness, but but right. I think I think the first time that I watched it there I did think it had I I do think it has stuff to say and I I did enjoy it for that and um even with some of its some of its flaws, you know, I I did appreciate it, and it stuck with me uh, 
for a long time in that now rewatching it, I don't necessarily have a lot to add to what I've already thought about the movie, but that's not to say that it didn't have an impact on me when I first saw it, you know, when I was 17 or whatever. So, um, right. you know, even, even with that, like it's always, this is, this was a cautionary tale of, uh, for me growing up, you know, in, in that sort of teenage years when I, you know, when a, a lot of these kids are nowadays looking at TikTok and, you know, wanting to become influencers and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, idolizing Jordan Belfort. When I saw this movie, I was, I was very scared about certain things that were, <laughs> that were depicted in it. So I think it left a good impact on me, but that's just, that's just a me, I guess. I don't know. I remember when you closed your stock brokerage when you were 17. That was yeah, that was a big moment for you. It was. Big career change. It was, yeah. It was a hard day, but, um, you know, the SEC <laughs> was looking into me, and it was tough. <laughs> it was tough living back then. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Cameron, you were kind of a weird 17-year-old, so <laughs> I don't know. Like, that. that's the other thing is, like, I don't know if I would give many people credit to, like, be afraid of this movie. You said your first viewing of this film, you didn't see it as a comedy. No. Every review I just read of it was like, so funny. It's not. It's not funny. I didn't think it was that <laughs> I funny don't think either. it's funny. I think this... Okay. Oh, you, didn't, you didn't think it was funny when that guy was like whacking himself off in the middle of the party? No. It's... Uh, no. no. It's disturbing. No. <laughs> no. There, Cameron's like... Cameron's like the wife. In the room. Like. There's some funny lines. There's there's a handful sure. of things that are funny. Um and and to be fair, the movie is is lighthearted for the first hour, hour and a half, a little bit. Yeah. Um but even then, I mean, there there's some real dark stuff that's going on <laughs> in the first hour and a half. You know, they're they're talking about the different uh you know the different ratings of the hookers they're having in the office and stuff and it's like real distasteful stuff where you're like oh this isn't this isn't funny this is just this is gross yeah Uh, actually complete actually here's objectification of most people in the movie yes and and here's one thing where i think i think this is where i really first realized that this was not a comedy uh, when I first watched it, it's about 30 minutes into the movie. It's really early on. There's a scene where he, you know, it's after he's, he's made Stratton Oak fart, you know, he's like, he's on the rise and it's going to be this new, you know, wacky company. And he makes that, that lady shave her head for 10 grand. Oh yeah. Yeah. That scene is dark. It's real dark. Yeah. No, it is, yeah. And um I think when I first saw that I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not this is not glorifying what's going on here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is some sure. this is some real dark stuff. Uh so yeah. Like that that would have been yeah. that would have been shot a lot differently if this movie was like Oh, look how zany and wacky Jordan Belfort is, you know, and not like an actual monster. 
that that scene where she's you know she's looking and she's she's you know looking very in pain she you know and then she gets the money and she's not really sure why she did that you know there's like there's something very subtly um grotesque about it so i don't know mm-hmm. for me mm-hmm. i think i think that was a big clue in when i when i first saw this movie so yeah definitely definitely well cameron slightly recommends it <laughs> asterix says it's pretty good yeah i'm like you know if you want to see this movie it's not for me that's my that's my rating <laughs> If you want to see it, you know. If you listen to this episode and you haven't seen it, then you definitely you you probably know at this point, right? Um, but yeah, twenty thirteen. What a year! Crazy year. You know what wasn't crazy? What <laughs> the Great Gatsby? No, not very crazy. <laughs> a a little tame. Definitely a snooze. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> back to back. You watch this and then that one, and then you're like, what? <laughs> like <laughs> Toby Maguire. Just like he's so wow. You know what look is crazy though? Just looking back on it. That's the year that me and Kiana got together. 2013. Oh, <laughs> so that's That's after the after the brokerage closed. Yeah. You were like, gotta start making some moves. Yeah. No, actually it was after we saw Twelve Years of Slave together. That was Oh nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've never seen that movie, so I don't really know how that would have you know not a influenced. date not a good date movie, I'll just say. Not a good date oh. movie. But it was a good movie. Really? <laughs> it's a little too sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i i we haven't i i or you know what i didn't talk about that last week never mind i've been thinking about lance riddick because uh yeah he passed away we talked about last we didn't last no no, no we didn't s- talk about it on the show oh oh i thought we did it was oh. after um dang yeah no um shout out to that guy i know he's he's gone um, I heard somebody say it, but they're like, he's someone we didn't think about till he was gone. And that's the worst feeling. Yeah. You know? So true. Um, he's awesome in video games. He's in the new John wick. I got to see the new John wick. Now that's about going to be my cup of tea. <laughs> even if it is, even if there is some deplorable, that's going to be over know. the top and debaucherous, isn't it? I mean, in a different way, but <laughs> yeah, but that's the kind of one I'm like, oh, yeah, sign me up, you know? <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, I'm excited. This for show that. has been yeah. going for two hours, Isaac. We got to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, we try to cover the whole base, you know? No, long I know. Movie, it's, long tr- show. it's true. It's true. It's true. Not a big deal. All right. Well, we post every Tuesday. Hope you enjoyed this, this episode. And uh, we will catch you next week. Don't forget to check out the Patreon if you're interested. Um, and until then, watch more movies. We'll see you on Tuesday. Cinema Spectator is an ECFS Productions podcast that is fully funded on Patreon.com. Shout out to our producers, Darren O'Neill, for supporting the show and to the rest of you that support us at Patreon.com slash ECFS Productions. If you want to learn more about the benefits you can get, check out our Patreon. The show cannot happen without you great listeners, so we thank you for all your kindness and support.